Thanks for joining me on the Well Workplaces podcast. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and today we're talking about re-entry anxiety with Dr. Natalie Flatt. Now, it's only natural to feel uncertain and anxious about returning to the new, normal way of life, in inverted commas, of course. Just like readjusting into lockdown mode, where we took on new routines and coping strategies, it's really normal for some of us to not feel ready to go again or ready for the new way of life. The term re-entry anxiety has been coined to describe the feeling that comes with the adaption back to normal. And in this podcast interview with Natalie, we'll cover off on what actually is re-entry anxiety, We'll talk about how common it is in the community and within her client base, and we'll touch on some of the very practical tips to help self-assess and improve coping strategies, especially for over the coming months. Thanks for listening. Let's cross over to the show. Thanks for joining me on the Well Workplaces podcast. I'm Tom Bosner, and today we're talking about re-entry anxiety with Dr. Natalie Flatt. Now, it's only natural to feel uncertain and anxious about returning to the new normal way of life, in inverted commas, of course. Just like readjusting into lockdown mode of life, where we took on some new routines and coping strategies, it's normal for some of us to not feel ready to go again or ready for for change in the new way of life. The term re-entry anxiety is being coined to describe the feeling that comes with the adaption back to normal. Back to normal, And in the session with Natalie, we'll cover off on what actually is re-entry anxiety. We'll talk about how common it is in the community and within the clients. And we'll touch on some of the real practical tips to help self-assess and improve coping strategies, especially for over the coming months. Thanks for listening and cross over to the show. Welcome to another Well Workplaces podcast. Natalie, how are you going? Well, I'm okay. I'm all right, Tom, after our little chat about how we've been re-entering back in society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been um, just the weekend gone and the weekend before that, previous lockdowns and getting back into some action I've been slow in the past so this time I've gone out climbed up the gates pretty fast I've caught up with a lot of friends and family and been out to pubs and restaurants and I feel like this week it's hit me and I'm like yeah I think I've I think I've come out the gates pretty fast in terms of socializing and I've been calling it like social fitness is the phrase I've been using I don't know if that's even a thing but um just that kind of capacity to socialize is how I've been thinking around coming out of lockdown. But today's obviously about re-entry anxiety, which is a term that's I've read a little bit about. But I'd love to hear from you as to what is re-entry anxiety. Obviously, it's more of a psychological sort of term. Yeah. And I like that word social fitness, Tom. It's quite unusual because you can redefine or you can define fitness in many areas, can't you? You can define fitness in stamina and you can define fitness in speed. And this is probably what we really want to look at as that re-entry anxiety as well as like determining our own level of fitness rather than worrying about is fitness a bit of an umbrella term. But re-entry anxiety is described is it's really that emotional toll of rejoining society. And psychologists, we call this response reverse culture shock or re-entry syndrome. It's just like after a 
adjusting to that new normal. We've settled into that routine and we all had our little quirks throughout this whole time, especially along, you know, the, the east coast of Victoria and for all our listeners out there that you know that we've been the, the big victims in Melbourne. But we had to create that level of routine because that's what humans thrive off is that we all miss the family and friends and going out and and going to all those events and missing all those parties. But we've become more comfortable and secure in the the situations or the environment that we've had to create for ourselves over this last couple of years. And it's what we know now. And the reason is why people are suffering from re-entry anxiety is because of that accustomed feeling. And now that changes in the lockdown again, they're threatening to throw us off that course that we've had to create. And that's where is that struggle to to once adapt again to our old lives. It can be really overwhelming for many people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I've just got a graphic here that we've talked about. I'll just see if I can get this up on the screen. So this graphic here, I think throughout the pandemic, people have talked about the Corona Coaster as a phrase as well. This one here goes from honeymoon through to uh, recovery crisis all at home. This particular graphic, does this have some science around it or just some psych background in this? Is there some some sort of research around or this kind of graphic? We've gone back to a lot of the data and the research that is actually being done in the 1960s. And a lot of this was done around Antarctic expeditions, people that have been away um, or taken out of their own society for a really long period of time and how they then re-enter it. And maybe what some of the pinpoints or the touch points are by way of re-entering and and take this in into context as well, Tom, that re-entering and anxiety and that rollercoaster feeling it can last up to 12 months, especially with individuals that have gone and really been far removed from their environment for a significant amount of time and especially an environment that was very different. Coined by the psychologists, it was Jeanne and, and John Gullahorn and they created this in the 1960s. And what they did is they studied a group of individuals who had been away from home for really extended periods of time. And they had found these candidates had developed something like the W curve, which you can actually see within that roller coaster, which basically shows a dip when someone's removed from their normal society. And then they peak when they actually then turn around and rejoin it. And then they dip again as they struggle to integrate it back into their old lives. So that's where you've got that roller coaster term. What they're noticing is that dip going back in, dipping again as they struggle to integrate back. It usually happened around a two-month time of when they started to get back within society and and then now. So it was that two-month area where that was the extension where things were just becoming too overwhelming and people also might have been creating a level of expectations on these these participants, dare I say, that they should have reintegrated back in. So it would have had no empathy in that time as well and they had the expectations of what society was expecting of them to rejoin, to get back into the, the workforce, to reconnect with their family and just to be back to their bubbly self without actually taking into um, context the experience that they had when they were away from home. That's fascinating, isn't it, around the Antarctica expeditions and I guess there's other maybe some other examples like being away in the army on a tour, that kind of thing, and coming back and just, you know, how we see, I'm imagining in that sort of demographic there's a lot of mental health issues that come post the traumatic experience that they've had. So, yeah, that two-month mark, that's quite interesting. I guess for us now, I'm just thinking of in Australia, especially on the the East Coast, some of these spots and, and us in Melbourne, we're out of lockdown or less restrictions and freedom as such. So we're kind of now in that early patch, aren't we? We're in that sort of within that two-month zone. Um, what's your team seeing, your team of psychologists? Is there some common themes that are happening right now or any warning signs that you've seen generally? 
It's actually, it's interesting because it's actually people I feel what we're seeing on there is they are going through it. We've got a bit of a mix, dare I say, is that we've got people that are happy to go gun ho and so excited to get all those bookings and those trips away and really, you know, try and make up, dare I say, for lost time. So I feel like a little mm. bit of a FOMO attitude. And then you've got individuals at the moment that are very fearful to even get on trains, even fearful to go and connect back into shopping centres or trying to go to places where it isn't so overwhelming and there's not so many people because we've also been told by government, by policymakers of how we need to act and we got used to how we need to act and then all of a sudden we flip that very quickly and some people are okay with that and others are not. So it is a bit of a mix that we're seeing there. There was a huge excitement of being able to shake the hands and especially what we're seeing now in Sydney is that you know, we had all those gung-ho individuals that were so excited to be at back out and so excited to be making those, you know, bookings and getting back into the offices where and when they can. And then all of a sudden they're starting to crash. So we're starting to see them becoming more overwhelmed, becoming more exhausted, becoming that their decision-making processes have once again imploded and they're starting to question why. And this is a part of that W curve, Tom, that we see is that this is a, a, normal, a normal response that we're, we're expecting to see. I just think it's crept up on people a lot quicker than they anticipated, but they're starting to question, well, no, I've, wa I've wanted this for so long now. Why am I all of a sudden um, feeling overwhelmed by this? So it's leaving them a bit confused. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you mentioned FOMO. What's the other one? Jo is it JOMO? Joy of missing out. Re-entry is kind of a bit of joy of missing out, but probably not, probably a bit more than that. So with the people that you're seeing, that especially the kind of people in New South Wales where they've gone maybe a little bit hard and getting into fatigue zone, are there any warning signs that you might see in the behaviour? I'm just thinking for listeners, if, they're, if they've got maybe got friends or colleagues perhaps that, that are I don't know, maybe going too hard. Is there anything that people could watch out for in their friends and peers, I guess? Yeah. I think is that you've all, all got those friends or those peers or those colleagues that try and book you in, schedule you right up to Christmas. And I think the time that we're coming out, we're coming into that stressful time anyway for a lot of people, whether that's financial stress, whether that's relationship or family stresses. So they've got that to throw in the mix as well. What we heard a lot of and what was probably a silver lining for many people over the COVID time was how busy their life was and how automatic they ended up what they were and they wanted to, to shake that and that promise that they made in COVID and now coming out of it they realize that they've actually been thrown back straight into old life dare I say and that that we see that a lot with parents so we've been seeing that a lot with the, they've had that parental burnout dare I say that juggle of homeschooling and being able to maintain them and all of a sudden we've got these sporting events starting to come up and a lot of that they've got swimming lessons and they may be going from footy into cricket and they may be like going um, back to basketball and you have to now manipulate that time. So a lot of parents say that they're feeling quite overwhelmed that they've got the work juggle and then they've got the kids and now they've got thrown into the sport arena and that social aspect there. So that's that worry. Also just other worries about returning to old life, about catching the training to work, just dealing with the traffic. That's something that people, they're not looking forward to there. A lot of people are feeling um, really stressed about that post-pandemic life in the fact that what if I get caught up by if I do go to a social event and there is an outbreak, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to manage that? And that's just a little bit of it because it's, 
dare I say, it's a bit of the fear of the unknown. We haven't really had too many outbreaks and like how that's going to be mitigated and how that's going to be controlled yet. So that level of unpredictability is still wearing around our heads a little bit. And for some people that that really frightens them and it really makes, and people might be overthinking things. They might be overthinking future scenarios and really playing out that worst case scenario if I do go to that party What if there is an outbreak or what if I can't do this or what if this happens and not really going with the flow of the opening. So that's some of those real quite obvious signs um, that they may have that fear. They may feel really overwhelmed. The juggle is real. They may that that time that's back then that, that, that might be a little bit more enforced and whether or not the expectation even on work ramps up again during a time where we feel like we've got the added pressures as well of coming in for Christmas. So what do people do when they feel really overwhelmed? They will pull right back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one around work as well because it's obviously been people have been getting through, getting by, creating new routines at home and just they're probably well established in their routines now and have found a way to work. And now we're coming up to that, not return to work or return to the office because we know the hybrid working situation is going to continue. There'll certainly be an expectation or maybe a, or, or a, a real need and a want to, for the teams to get it to socialise. But if you're someone that's not really ready for that because of all those factors, it's going to be just interesting to see that how those teams reconnect because it's important that we do reconnect with our, our people. And I imagine as well that the longer you leave this the harder it maybe is to reconnect you know what I mean if you stay in this sort of zone this what's the right word remunerating over your thoughts and that kind of thing and not really pushing through that's really interesting that what what are some sort of tips or maybe coping strategies or just some techniques around moving yourself from this state into more of a ready to for change. Absolutely. And I think it's it's really important to also recognize, Tom, and what you're saying is especially with work colleagues, that we might expect that everyone's on the same page as us. And that actually isn't true. We've been managing COVID in isolation from one another. So we've got different frames of references and we've got different stress points and, and our experience is different. But that's okay. And and I think that in this time and, and reconnecting, we have to develop those shared experiences all over again. So I think it's one of those big, all those first steps there is acknowledging that things have changed and that some people are coming out of this maybe a little bit differently, or you may have connected with someone that you didn't know that you were going to connect with pre-COVID. And that's okay. So realigning your expectations of what things were like regarding events to what things are like now is okay. And so we don't get overwhelmed and we don't dismiss our emotions and we don't feel like, oh, I should be there, I should be there, I should be there. Acknowledging how you're feeling about going into certain situations, you know, I'm going to this event, how do I feel? Is this going to, maybe I might say to myself, okay, I might give this two hours and and at the two hour mark, am I ready? How am I still feeling? Am I ready to keep going? Am I ready to go home? Let's just ease ourselves into that. But you have to acknowledge yourself and like how you're feeling throughout it. Don't put yourself in an area where people expect me to do this because no one should be expecting you to do anything. The slower you ease your way into it, the less likely you will fall down from that or go down that roller coaster as well. Is that we want to give ourselves that time and really around that two-month time, 
it would take two months to acclimatise back into it. There's no point just being a bull at the gate, which I know a lot of people have been doing because of all the sheer excitement, but that may not always work for everyone. That, that's a good one, Nat. And I think going back to that term that I made up, social fitness, is probably conceptualise it because if we're doing programs for exercise, physical exercise, you can't obviously run a marathon straight away. You need to build up. And we call that in physio land, it's called pacing. So basically pacing your program out or pacing your, your activity to a level where you start really small. So in, in that scenario, you're talking really about setting some boundaries and checking in on how you're feeling. It's kind of this, in some ways, if you're using that sort of that physical fitness sort of mind or terms, maybe that's a that's another way of putting it as well. Yeah. And I think as well as that, just ease yourself into it. Exactly. As you're not going to go and run 10, 15K if you're training for a marathon you've never run before. If you were that social butterfly, that's okay. Choosing the people that you may find, dare I say, is like the least arduous, <laughs> dare I say, like it yeah. can really create that substance and create and build that energy rather than you feel like you're giving it. They're the type of people that you may want to hook up with early on, or you might want to start with just going around to houses and, and having a few dinners at a house rather than going out to the big fancy restaurants where even those kind of crowds or the overwhelming or that timed nature is, can be a bit confronting for you as well. And and maybe just starting off with one event a week until you get then used to that and that you can build yourself up to two or three or whatever you used to like to do. And But again, it has to feel comfortable for you right here, right now. And then looking at the bigger picture, I think, is you want to try to remember the things that you miss about life and that, that was outside of your home. Who was that? Where was that priority lying? Was it with friends or family or was it going to events or going to concerts or hiking, you know, somewhere that's quite far away that we haven't been able to do just because it hasn't been within our kilometre radius there? Making that bucket list of things that you've wanted to do over the past 18 months, two years, then you can start working through it. You, and But even to say is you don't have to do all this in a day. It's you can, we've had 18, 20 months worth of missing out. Try and, and give yourself some time to be building up. But but it's really good to be able to make that priority and, and what's going to fill up your bucket first there. But as you said before, Tom, it was a really good point is that we don't want to delay our re-entry because the longer that we wait, the worse it can actually become because the people around us are becoming more used to that environment. So therefore the amp's going to be turned up. The more we get vaccinated, the more people are allowed in certain arenas. So if we hide or, or stay within our really our, our comfort zone, we're going to find that there's going to be more people out there. So trying to find just those small little things as we go that can make us feel confident. And we can again say, how did that make us feel? Can we then push ourselves out a little bit further and what is going to be realistic for us next time, even if it is just doing a timed limit on, on going somewhere, that you're going to be far better off than waiting another six months when everything seems to open up again. Yeah, that's great. It's like graded exposure as well. So just that gradual build up exposure to the social settings and with kind of the time and place we're in at the time of this recording anyway, taking us through into summer, We've still got a few months until we're in two months, actually, until we're in the depth of summer. So you want to probably want to be ready for that time when you're on your holiday or you, maybe if you book something to go over to, to travel or interstate, probably want to be at your peak social fitness at that point in time so you can enjoy it and it's not a stressful time like it was for a lot of us this time last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, in addition to that, and like being able to build up and prepare yourself, we don't actually want to forget that we've been trying to control an environment that's been out of our control for so long. And majority of people, we tried to get create that home area where there was that element of control, where the people did build routines like exercising in the morning or meditating at night or just being able to have these little quirks and these habits don't drop those habits because that's a really important component because that's your foundation of familiarity and if you can actually still hold those so like if you were like myself training in the garage and that still you felt like that was your grounding way to enter into the day if you keep that and then add on to it from a social aspect that's going to make you feel more in control uh, to be able to be assertive in certain situations on saying you know what I think I'm at my limit right now and I'm going to come back and I'm going to retreat and I'm going to still go back to what I could control and then I'm going to be able to stack that on there so don't think that you just have to drop all those habits that you did create during that time that did provide you that element of control and peace because they're going to be the ones that that you need to keep hold of there and that assertive communication is really important wasn't long ago that I I did say to a friend a couple of weeks ago they said I'll come out and we've got an eight o'clock booking and it was on a midweek and I just said you know what I just can't do that right now I'm so sorry that just doesn't suit me right here right now works pretty intense I just I really need my sleep right now you know that's just not going to work for me and I felt really confident in saying that because I had other things on I didn't so much get caught up in the the response of that as as much as I might have done pre-COVID and I said I can't be a people pleaser right now I've still got to put myself first so just remember to have that assertive communication there because that's protecting your well-being and if you do feel really overwhelmed that's pretty normal as well but seek support for it we don't want people to feel like you know the because social anxiety is one of the highest levels of anxiety that we see in society already we don't want that to be ramped up by ways that we can be able to we don't want to see panic in society and we don't want people to to create this level of those agoraphobic symptoms just because they didn't reach out for some support so uh, many people out there to support you whether that's friends or family or someone professional yeah fantastic Nat thanks so much for your tips there they're really great and nice to hear a bit more about re-entry anxiety because it was one that I wasn't too sure about but yeah some really nice tips there in setting your boundaries understanding thinking about your own feelings again and obviously seeking some help if needed as well that's great let's chat again next week awesome thanks tom enjoy your week guys see ya thanks Nat. cheers bye thanks for tuning in to another well workplaces podcast If you've loved the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. The show is produced by Alice Hoyle and is made in my backyard cubby. If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at tom at wellworkplaces.com.au where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts and also tell me what you've loved most about the show. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.